Jeremiah chapter 1 this morning. I might have two or three mics on here. Something is very hot. Am I good, Brett? All right. Nehemiah chapter 1, here we're going to look at the key verse first, which is verse 10. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. Aren't you glad this morning you've been redeemed? Thank the Lord for the gift of salvation. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that God has given us. You know, when we stop in life and we consider that gift, that someday I will meet Christ face to face and give an account for my life. And someday, thereafter, I will spend eternity in heaven. We were at an edge to go yesterday and I challenged those teenagers. Can you imagine how long eternity is? Some of us, as we face trials here in this world, we feel like it's an eternity. Folks, we don't know what an eternity feels like. But someday, we will be with Christ for eternity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this time that we come together, study your word. We thank you for the Sunday school hour. I pray, Father, that you would help us, each one of us in here, to take in your word, apply it to our lives. Lord, would you give me food from my own soul? And Lord, would you help us all as we uh, prepare to dive into your word that we may come out of here knowing something. Lord, would you speak in and through me this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We look at this <clears throat> book of Nehemiah, and, I'm, and, and there's a lot here. For those of you that have studied Nehemiah, there is a ton of information. And Pastor Biggs has already informed me I have to be done by 1045. So we're not going to get through it all. But what's going on here, just real quickly, and, and we'll read much of this this morning. Actually, let's start here in verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace. Now, I want to stop right there for just a moment. Consider this man named Nehemiah, and he's in the palace. How many of you in the room this morning would love to say, I live in a palace? It'd be great, wouldn't it? It would be great to say, come on, over, come on over to my palace after church this morning for lunch. Come on over, i got some things to, to, to show you. Well, let's look here. Why is Nehemiah in the palace? And we'll see that here in just a little bit. But verse 2, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and a certain man of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Go back now, this... Man, Nehemiah, he's in a palace, he's in a great place. We've just determined that we would be in a great place in a palace, correct? These men now come, and Nehemiah is asking concerning those that were left of the captivity. Verse 3, and they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the providence are in great affliction and reproach. He goes on, the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. This is not good news that Nehemiah is receiving. The remnant that are left in captivity, they're in affliction, they're in approach. Do you know what that remnant is, folks? We are that remnant today. We are those that God has left here for a purpose. 
God has a plan for us in our lives each and every day. Think of those that God brings into contact with you each day. We had a wonderful time uh, traveling. We, we love to travel and, and eat, and we try new restaurants as we travel, and we love spending time with uh, the folks that we get to meet in the churches, and as we uh, go to these restaurants, we get to meet new people and you know, hopefully have an opportunity to encourage them, um, have an opportunity to leave a Bible track with them, and just share the good news of the gospel. Now, we don't always get to do that. Sometimes you go into a restaurant and, and well, the waitress is so grumpy, you're kind of afraid to talk to them. But God still has a purpose for that person's life. We may not know what's going through um, people's minds at that time. We may not know the struggles they're going through. And here, Nehemiah was faced with this, this difficulty. But today, I want to look at, this morning, I want to look into the heart. I titled the Sunday School message, A Look Into the Heart. I want us to look into our hearts this morning. As we look at this time here of Nehemiah, and we, and we consider, you know, he worked for the king, he was the cupbearer, we'll see that, um, King Artaxerxes, who was an honored king. He was the king of Persia who permitted Ezra, back in Ezra, to restore the temple. They, they built the temple, they built the altar, but the walls of Jerusalem were still down. The walls were still down. You can only imagine that um, if you went home today and you got home and all your interior walls of your home were still standing, but all of a sudden all the outside walls are gone, would you feel comfortable sleeping there tonight? There was no security. There was no protection. Now, for me, where we live out in the woods, I would probably enjoy that because I like the cold weather. I mean, I think this morning it was probably 45 degrees outside, and we still have our AC on to 55, and I'm okay with that. But the security aspect that is kind of frightening. There were no walls here in Jerusalem. So let's jump right in this. My first point this morning is Nehemiah had a heart for others. Look at verse 2. And Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, and he a certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. Nehemiah here had a heart for others. This remnant, even though they were in this time of great affliction, that, that encouraged this heart for others more and more. The walls were broken down. Can I challenge you this morning, when was the last time you had a heart for others? When was the last time I had a heart for others? We get really busy in life and we begin to go through life as it's a, a normal timelined effort where we do the same things day after day after day and we have uh, or take no time or respect for those around us. I believe we lose blessings in the midst of this. Folks, I think it's time for us to look around and look at others' lives and try to find the walls in their lives that are torn down they probably are seeking help. Maybe there's someone in this room this morning, there's a great crowd, maybe someone in here is saying, you know what, the walls around my 
Jerusalem or tore down. And I need help picking them back up. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe some of us need to have a, gain a greater heart for others. Nehemiah was, was, was in the palace. He had, a, he had a great job. I mean, he worked for the king. He was in a wonderful place, but he had a concern for those that escaped and left captivity. And he was concerned with the state of Jerusalem. Not only did he have a heart for others, and, and with that, look at verse 4. He begins his prayer here, and it came to pass when I heard those words that I sat down and what? What did he do? He wept and he mourned. Certain days. Now let's stop there for a moment. We ask ourselves, how often do we weep and mourn for others? How often do we consider where others are in their lives, maybe their needs? How often do we weep and mourn? We come together, uh, I believe, on Wednesday and we have prayer time. We come together as a group and we pray for others, but is that a routine prayer? Or is it a true, down on our knees, weeping and mourning for those in need? I think about what's going on overseas. I don't know what's going on in Ukraine, but I do know what I see on the news, which, by the way, is getting worse and worse by the day. But I wonder about the hearts of those people. All they want to do is fight for their country. And they're hitting wall after wall. But I believe, from what I see, the Lord has his hand in that because Ukraine's a small town and they're slowly taking it all back. But there are folks there on the front lines. I know of missionaries that are there continuously going to the line to make sure everybody's fed, everybody's prayed for. Folks, when we consider the life that we have today, we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know when, when Christ is going to rapture up his church. We don't know when we're going to leave. Maybe he'll come and grab us all today before I finish preaching. But while we're here, we should have a care for others. Nehemiah here had a major concern. A major concern to the point where he weeped and mourned. It goes on and says, and he fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. He weeped and mourned before the God of heaven. He knew the source that he needed to go to. A lot of times in life we may face uh, uh, trials, we may face struggles. We might run into financial heartaches and we begin to, to sit at our desk at home with the little lamp on in the corner and we start to tally numbers and we start to write everything down. What can we do to get out of this? Husbands and wives are gathered around the same table looking at the books and trying to figure out what's going on. In reality, we don't look down, we look up and ask God to help us because God's going to change the situation we're in. We can count number, we can make that calculator say whatever we want. As we face financial struggles, as we face difficulties, as we face different challenges in life, we should always seek 
the Lord first and foremost before decisions just get blown out of our mouths. Always seek God. That's the place where Nehemiah went here. He prayed. He knew who could take care of the problem. The one and only. The one true God that can fix the situation. Aren't you glad this morning that we can call upon the Lord whenever? I thank the Lord at night when I can't sleep. And yes, that happens. I don't know why. I think it's an old age thing. But you lay in bed and you look at the ceiling. Nothing ever changes. I can't go to sleep. Jen's like, go to bed. It's an old age thing, I believe. Amen, somebody? And I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not worried about anything. And that's, that's your spouse's first response, right? What are you worried about? I'm worried about going to sleep. That's what I'm worried about. Folks, we need to lean on the Lord daily, hourly. Nehemiah here was down, praying, weeping, mourning. You know why? Because he cared for others. Folks, I think it's time in our life today, the, the world that we live in, the, the distractions that are in this world, the different situations with our government. Hey, I agree. I don't like the decisions that are being made. I despise the things that our school board systems are implementing. I despise the thing that, that our governments are putting together over in California, which for some reason we believe we need to follow what they're doing. I despise all of that but I can run around and complain to each one of you all day long at lunch today and tell you how much I don't like it, or I can get on my knees and I can pray to the one who can make the difference. Amen. Folks, that's where we need to be. We need to care for others. We can list some folks in Congress right now that we don't like. Let's list them by name before the foot of Jesus because he's the one that's going to make the difference, not us. The only thing we do in and through that is create a bad testimony for ourselves. We become complainers. Nehemiah here had a heart for others. Not only did he have a heart for others, he had a heart for God. Look at verses 5 and 6. Continuing on in this prayer, he said, And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, and keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thy eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. Nehemiah here had a heart for God. He fasted, he prayed, he knew who could help. The only source of help, the only source of power. He prayed a fervent personal prayer. A fervent personal prayer. You know, when we pray, it should be a fervent personal prayer. When we pray, it should be an intercessory prayer for others. How often do you pray for others? How often do you, do you get on your knees and thank God for the moment that you're in? I think I've been preaching for probably 10 minutes. I don't know, I can't see that far. That's another age problem I'm running into. 
But think about the 10 minutes of air you just breathed. Think about how you got here this morning safely. More importantly, think about why you're even here. You didn't come here by accident. How many of you would be honest this morning, before God, not before me, but say you woke up this morning thinking, do I really want to go today? Yesterday, we had a, a big edge to go to go to. And Carrie manages all of those now, and so I sent him a text. I said, hey, what time do we got to get up? He responds back all happily as he ever is, 6.30. And I told Jennifer, I said, I don't want to go. It's too early. We've done nothing but travel from plane to car to van to plane to car to van. Now this guy's telling me i got to get up at 6.30 tomorrow. How often does that truly happen in our hearts when it comes to the things of God? Wednesday night, we get off work. We may have to even drive by the church to get home. And we look to the left as we drive by the church and say, I should be there, but I'm just so tired. Folks, you know where you're going to get your filling is here in the house of God. Nehemiah had a heart for God. Those of us that have a heart for God want nothing more than to be involved in the work of the ministry. Nothing more than to be involved with being here every chance we can. Being a part of the church, getting involved, working with the youth, working in the nurse not me, some of you, working in the nursery, working in all the areas that you can, that you can be involved Nehemiah had a heart for God. Do we have a heart for God? He prayed a fervent personal prayer. Let me remind you this morning, God hears our prayers. God wants to hear our prayers. He wants to hear our voice. He says here in verse 6, Let thine ear now be attentive and thy eyes open. God, pay attention. I'm calling out, Lord, help me. Sometimes in life we face struggles and we maybe consider the Lord last. We want to solve the problems ourselves. Most of all the men in the room know exactly what I'm talking about. We break stuff, we want to fix it. Sometimes we break stuff and we want to fix it before anybody else sees that we broke the stuff. But sometimes in life, God is going to put us through a trial so that we can be stronger as we come out of it on the other end. We have to depend on God. We have to be willing to humble ourselves low enough to be on our knees. Folks, as we get down, we can lay our face in the carpet and pray, and God's going to hear us. Thank the Lord. I'm so happy and filled with joy that I serve an almighty God. He had a heart for others. He had a heart for God. 
He says in verse 11, look at this. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant me mercy, grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. The king's cupbearer. He said, grant me mercy. Are you thankful this morning for the mercy and grace that God bestows upon us? Listen, I make mistakes all the time. And I'm sure if you were willing to admit it this morning and raise your hands up high, you'd say, you know what? I make mistakes all the time too. But God still loves us. How often do people make mistakes in our lives and we look down upon them? How often do we begin to judge people when they make mistakes? That's not the God we serve. God loves us. Nehemiah here had a heart for God. He says, grant me mercy. Number three, he had a heart of determination. Look at chapter 2 there, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Let's stop right there for just a moment. He says, I had not been before time sad in his presence. Many of you that studied this, do you understand why Nehemiah is writing out, I have not been sad before his presence? He's the cupbearer. You don't approach the king sad. I joked yesterday. I preached this message also yesterday, but I was joking. Chris, he's one of our head chefs. If he ever came in my office seeping and crying and said, D dinner's ready, I'm going to say I'm out. Wouldn't you? You'd be scared to death. What did you make? Nehemiah here, he approaches the king. He's never done it before. In before time in his presence being sad. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. The king could see it that it was just sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. My third point, as I said, is he had a heart of determination. The reason I labeled it he had a heart of determination is because he knew who he was. He knew what his position was. He knew what his job was. And he knew that he was, he was having a heart and compassion for those, those that were back, that he had prayed for, that he had fasted for. But yet he had to approach the king with a sad heart as a cupbearer. He had determination. Pastor Biggs was given a, a little bit of his testimony the other night at the men's camp out. And, and yes, I went over and listened to the preaching um, about how God had, had called him to preach. But God had put him in a different position first to prepare him. God had called me to start a camp. 
And as we think about these things, I believe that both, oh, I can tell you I had determination, but I believe that Pastor Biggs had determination also. When it comes to God's calling on our lives, we need to have determination to push forward, to be steadfast, to follow through, to not give up. As Paul said, and we'll look at it a little bit in the morning service, I've fought a good fight. I've kept my faith. Paul didn't give up. Paul kept going. Can you imagine the miles he walked? I don't want to get into the morning service, but we're going to look at that. Nehemiah here had a heart of determination, calling of God on his life, the calling of God on your life. Where does God have you today? Think about it. Tomorrow morning, how many of you are going to work? Probably many of you. There's a calling on your life in that workplace you're headed to tomorrow. There's a calling on your life to that school you'll be walking through the doors of tomorrow. There's a calling on your life to the young lady you speak to at the Starbucks on your way to where you're going. As believers, we need to have a heart of determination. Determination to do what God has placed on our heart to do. Nehemiah here had a heart of determination. He was determined. He approached the king as a cupbearer, sad. He faced opposition as you read chapters 4 through 6. You'll see even through this opposition that he faced, he was still determined. He was determined to move forward. He wasn't going to give up. Folks, sometimes in our lives we face opposition, we face difficulty. I know we receive a lot of opposition just being in the ministry. Pastor can probably contest to that as well. I had someone we have on our website, a place where you can inquire about our ministry. And most things come through there is legitimate good things. Hey, this is so-and-so. We'd like to learn more about your ministry. You know, what Bible do you use? And we got one this morning. What Bible do you use? Who's your sending church? All these great questions that we love to answer. Because God has burdened our heart to do this ministry, and we want to be a support to you in your ministry. Last week I was in, um, Cal was it California? I forgot. I think we were in California last week. And one came through the website. It was an atheist who wrote me a long letter about how I was doing wrong and that how I was, I was teaching and training and leading these children astray by teaching them Christianity and that I needed to get my life straight and follow these seven laws of Satan moving forward. I really wanted to email them back. But advice of my wife and other pastors said, you need to leave it alone. But I was ready. I was going to just let them know what I think. Folks, we must have a heart of determination. Even in opposition... You know, that, that I've learned that in the beginning of the ministry, those moments of op opposition were, were very destructive to me in my heart. 
I have people come up to me and say, you're not going anywhere in that ministry. You're not doing anything. Why are you even building a camp? We've had folks on the phone say, we are not interested. Camps aren't biblical. And I say, well, there's no Christian colleges in there either, so let me know. Opposition in life can be a tough battle. But the best thing about it is, we don't have to fight that battle. Jesus Christ will fight that battle for us. We need to be determined in the work of the Lord. Be determined in what God has uh, led you to do. Be determined in where God has led you to be. Folks, we have the good news of the gospel right here. Those of us that are in the room this morning that has accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior have a testimony that we can share time and time and time again. And people can learn about Jesus Christ through our testimony, the life that we live. And then fourth, and we might be done on time. Not only did he have a heart for others, he had a heart for God. He had a heart of determination. But I wrote this down. He had a heart of gratefulness. And you might say, Brother Scott, how in the world did you get that? Well, jump over with me to chapter 6. In verse 15. So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month alone, in 50 and 2 days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Do you want to know why I wrote down he had a heart of gratefulness? Because he witnessed God at work. How can you not be grateful if you don't witness God at work? You see, this wall was completed. It was finished in a very short amount of time. Nehemiah was very grateful. God had blessed. God had worked in and through that situation. Aren't you grateful when God works in and through your situations? Aren't you grateful that, that you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven? Aren't you grateful when your children accept Christ and you know you get to spend eternity in heaven with them? Aren't you grateful when your neighbor accepts Jesus Christ as your Savior? You know, the saddest day of my life is going to be if I go to heaven and I'm standing there and nobody else is with me because I didn't lead anyone to Christ. Nehemiah had a heart full of gratefulness. Are you grateful for where God has you today? Are you grateful for your, your living situation, your job situation? No matter what situation God has you in today, be grateful because there's something bigger and better coming. I always enjoy thanking the Lord for the moments I have. Some are challenging. And you look at them and you wonder, well, what in the world am I going to learn from this? Because something's about to happen, and I ain't smart enough to figure it out. So there's got to be something God is doing here. And then we're grateful. 
Be grateful. Be a joyful Christian. The Bible says that we may be filled with joy. Let's be joyful. Nehemiah had a heart full of greatness. When we consider this position that he was in, a cupbearer of the king, he had to make a decision. He had a heart for others. He had to approach the king in his position. I remember some jobs I've had in the past, how scared I was to knock on the boss's door. Any of you know what I'm talking about? You're like, mm, do I really need to take this to him? And you knock, and then you step aside like you really weren't there, and you wait to see if the door opens. Anybody else? You want to open the door and say, come in. Great. And you walk in, and he says, have a seat. What can I help you with? And then something always silly. We're out of printer paper. But you're nerve-wracked over nothing. I could not imagine what Nehemiah felt knowing that he was about to go to the king. Other than knowing God was with him. And praise the Lord, God was in it. Not only did not only was Nehemiah allowed to go, but the king wrote letters to give him support all the way. He got the materials. He got the things he needed. Now, it's interesting as you read that, and I did hop around because Pastor Biggs limits my time, but it's interesting as you read that. He got the, he got the king to write letters, but the king asked, when you go back, the king says, how long will you be? How long will you be gone? Why do you think the king asked that? Because he's the cupbearer. He's taken care of him for so long. I'm going to let you go, but how long are you going to be gone? That would be like Chris asking me to take off the month of December. Well, how long are you going to be gone? I'm going to get hungry. It's interesting that the king allowed him to go and gave him letters to get the things he needed to get the job done. And you saw how short a time it took to get the job done. Tell me God's not a powerful God. We serve a mighty God. Can I challenge you this morning in this Sunday school hour? Can I challenge you with this, to have a heart of, for others, as Nehemiah did? And not only have a heart for others, but first and foremost, you must have a heart for God. You must look forward to the things of God. You must seek God. Pray, fasting, weeping and mourning. And then once you have a heart for God and you begin to have a bigger heart for others, then have a heart of determination. Because I can assure you, each and every one of us in this room, God wants to use. Don't miss the blessing. Don't lose the opportunity. Have a heart of determination and then have a heart of gratefulness. Thanking the Lord each and every day for the things that we have. God will provide. He will never leave us nor forsake us. We keep our eyes on Jesus. God will provide. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for the study of Nehemiah. There's so much meat here. I pray, Lord, that you would lead and guide in the rest of the services today. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you for the love that you have for us. Would you be with us today? 
Would you encourage us? And Lord, would you help us in convicting our hearts and areas? Lord, would you show us any ways in our lives that could be hindering our growth with you that we may come forward and confess it today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.